When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. The sponsors for today's episode are Cade Coombs Horseshoeing and Hell's Backbone Ranch and Trail. You can find more information on them at bouldermountaintrails.com. And our newest sponsor is Hot Horses and Livestock. That's H-A-U-G-H-T, Horses and Livestock. They're a small ranching family who specialize in young horses. They ride a lot of horses for the public, but if you're looking for a young performance horse prospect or an older ranch horse or even competitive rope horses, they have a variety of them for sale. You can find them on Instagram at Hot Horses or on Facebook at Hot Performance Horses. That, and again, that's H-A-U-G-H-T. We're so grateful for all of our sponsors. We really appreciate them. And if you or anybody you know is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please feel free to send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for letting me come into your home and spend the afternoon to talk to you. I know your grandson has been itching for me to come visit you for oh, quite boy. a while. So. You, you tell my grandson to stay on his own side of the fence. <laughs> uh, I usually like to just start off by having people introduce themselves. My name is Richard Pace. I was born in 1943. My I was born in Richfield, but I've lived in Teasdale all my life, except for two years. Well, wait a minute. When I got married, I lived in Bicknell for a couple of years. Three and a half. Three and a half years. <laughs> but anyway, I moved from, I went from Teasdale, I went to school at Utah State and SUU at the time. And then I got drafted, I was in Vietnam for a year. And then I come back here and I worked as a extension agent for, how many years did I do that? Three, four? About four, four or five. Then uh, I come back on the, to the farm. My dad and my brothers, we had Pace Ranch Incorporated. We made it a corporation about 1971. And we were partners until... Uh, 2005. 2005, we dissolved part of the corporation. And so did your dad a, make the corporation, or did yeah. you and your brothers make that? It was my dad and my brothers. It was, 
Actually, I had one brother in the Army. He never was. He'd come back here, retired. <clears throat> oh, he, he wasn't part of the... And then I got a younger brother, two younger brothers. I'm the oldest. I got Doug, and then Philip, and then me, Richard. And we, we dissolved the corporation about, I don't know, probably 10, 15 years ago. Okay. But we still work together. We have our own land, our own cows, but we farm our, our machinery is all still partner. Okay. We farm in Grover, Torrey, Teasdale, and Loa. So was, have the Paces kind of always been around this area? Like the was Paces, my great-great-grandfather was in the Mormon battalion. And he ended up, he settled Payson. Now that's the reason Payson, Utah is called Payson. Really? It's because James Pace and his son settled Payson and they called it Pace and Son. And then Interesting. He was a great buddy of John D. Lee and he moved to New Harmony. And he, he had two or three wives or more, I don't know exactly. And the pace had come to Wayne County, according to my uncle, now this is just hearsay, <laughs> they raised a big grain crop down there and one, her family raised a big grain crop and they was practicing United Order. The old man come to put the grain in the tithing office and she told him to go to hell and move to Wayne County. She moved to Loa. Okay. And she come with Becky's great-grandpa, the Duncans. It was on the same, same wagon come from New Harmony to Wayne County. And that's... Fremont. They had Fremont. Okay. And what year was that? Do you know? That was about 18... 85. 84. See, and my great-grandpa, he was in with his mother. His name was Wilford. And he married a Blackburn. And she was in Loa. Her father was a patriarch. Actually, the first bishop of Provo. And he... Elias Hicks, Blackburn. Have you heard of him? Uh-uh. He, he was a faith eater. He's a faith eater. He lived in Loa. He was also the patriarch. And uh, when they done away with polygamy, they didn't arrest him and jail him because he was the only doctor they had in Wayne County. <laughs> so he he promised to me he wouldn't live with more than one woman. So he let his one wife. He only had two at the time. He actually come from Milford up here to Loa. And he left wife two in Milford, some in Provo. He was first bishop of Provo. And then he went to... But anyway, he left one wife and took my grandpa's mother's wife. He lived with her. Okay. She, she was, this is Elias Hicks. Not that's Elias Hicks. Hicks. Okay. And then she, her, one of the, the oldest daughter, 
<coughs> was my great-grandmother, and she married Whiff Pace. And they had four kids. They had two girls and two boys, and my grandpa was named Jim Pace. And he lived in Lloyd until 19, about 1906. And he got froze out on his birthday. He had a farm up there, oh. and it froze on his birthday, which was August 21st. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> froze his grain right to the ground. Uh. So he moved to Torrey. And he helped put the Torrey Canal in town out against the Red Ledges. That's what we form there now. Okay. And in 19... About 1908, he moved to Torrey. And he had three boys and a girl. My dad was one of them. He was the youngest. Then I had an Uncle Roe, he was an old batch. He was never married, and then there was Don. And he was, he was 10 years older than my dad. And then my dad married, come over here to Teasdale and married George Coombs' daughter. And my grandpa Coombs was a sheep herder. He had three or four herds of sheep. And when my dad got out of World War II, my grandpa gave my dad, or my mother, a sheep herd. Oh, okay. But not the sheep, just the permit. Just the permit. And then that was in 46, 1946. And he started cows, and then he got bought a bunch of cows, and then he bought a grazing permit down... It's actually in the park right now, but it was down the river on the east side of Capitol, the Capitol Reef, called South Desert. He bought it that from Cass Mulford. Cass Mulford had 70 head of horses running in that. Dang. And <clears throat> when he bought that permit, they went to sign the papers, and my grandpa Jim Pace was with my dad. And Cass says, for $500, I'll sell you the horses. And he made a big blow. He says, what in the hell would I want with five, with 50 head of horses? <laughs> and my grandpa says, buy them. So he bought them. And he bought the permit and the horses with him. Do you know how much he bought? How um, much he bought it for altogether? I don't know for sure what the price was. It wasn't a lot. Fifteen hundred or something to give I know he gave five hundred for the horses. And when he left, after they'd signed the deal, he asked my grandpa what why in the he had him buy the horses. And he says, If you don't own them horses you can't kill them. So they went down and run the horses out. They <clears throat> put Susan Roebuck catalog on a wire across the river. If you go down the river through the park, they run a wire from one hill to cross there. And then they got above them and they run the horses and turned them right up the river and run them into Torrey. And then they sold them to 
His name was Rulin Bell. He run the fish hatchery up the lower. Okay. He took them out on the bench and skinned, killed them all and took all the meat. Skinned the bone right down. He could skin a bone so you couldn't see a bit of meat on it. Fed wow. those horses to fish. Really? Then we don't, we didn't have horses on our <laughs> winter range anymore. Huh. We had that winter range from about 40, about 47 to 46, 47. He got out of the army in 46. And we kept that until 2000 and, let's see, it's 29. 2017 or 18 sold it to the Wildlife Federation because there's about 600 elk run in that. Really? In the wintertime. Wow. Come off Thousand Lake Mountain down into, well, they actually come from clear up around Fish Lake down. They run down the park and the Wildlife Federation bought our grazing in the park and turned it into the park service. Really? So the park, so now all we got is a trail permit through the park. How big was that allotment in the park? One time, see, they, in 19, about 70, when was Marty out here? I'd been 80. I was born in 74, so 84, probably about from 84 to... From about 1984 to... <clears throat> 84 to 88. Well, Marty ought to become superintendent. He was from actually down Tropic originally. Okay. <clears throat> he, he was the superintendent of Capitol Reef. And when he come, they offered a buyout to park. They sold... They give them $52 in AUM to buy their permit in the park. And that time, see, we had purchased Dawn Pace. That's my uncle's cow permit on Thousand Lake. And we, you couldn't transfer the park. You could run on it as long as one of, them, one of his heirs was still alive. But you couldn't sell it and transfer. There's no... Okay. <clears throat> so, my uncle sold his interest. We were running on it at the time. And there was 400 and, about 425 cows. Okay. And that, with him selling out, that reduced it about 200. So we run about two, two and a quarter. That included state land. And we run until three years, four years ago. If we were to back up just a little bit, just so people listening who don't know, know, can you explain the the grandfather deal that was part of the park? Well, back in, uh, heck, I don't know when that, my dad was a county commissioner and Del Lefevre was a commissioner in Garfield County. <clears throat> Del, um, they went through the Farm Bureau and Booth Wallentine got them uh, appointments with some environmentalist senators back in Washington. And they went to Washington and talked to some of these, most of them were Democrat senators, 
and they agreed and they of course they already had our representatives on board to give us life life tenure so when they made it a park in 1971 they it was a monument Reef national monument and then during johnson's day one of his last he signed it over. No, he enlarged the Capitol Reef National Monument, and then the Congress made it a park later, not very much later, a couple of years. And when they made it a park, I know Senator Moss was a senator, and they give us one <coughs> renewal plus 10 years. Sherman Lloyd was a congressman, and he told my dad <coughs> to go in and renew his tenure in the park. So they did, which give him 20 years is all he had in the park. And then uh, some of them didn't have that. Some of them only had one year left on their original renewal plus 10 years. And... Then it was after that is when him and Dale and Booth Wallentine went to Washington. And then they come back and they changed changed that rule. I think it was called uh, the Teton language when they made it the Teton National Park. That was the same language they used there. And you had life tenure to run cattle or sheep, whatever you had, grazing. You had your life plus one your heir, the last one alive. And when they all were dead, then the permit was gone. But meanwhile, Morty Ott come back and the park offered $52 AUM and everybody sold. There was two or three permits in the middle desert. There was Boone Taylor, Don Taylor permit, Sandy Ranch, Paces, that didn't sell for $52. And then later, that Middle Desert outfit, I think they got a little more. They got 70 some dollars, but they did negotiate and sell their permit. And then that left Paces and Taylors, which is Sandy Ranch and the upper end, the North, the North Hortnet. That's what we're in now, the North part of the and then three years ago, the Wildlife Federation come and offered us, I won't tell you the price, it was quite a bit more than. Yeah. And we sold to them. Now, Boone Taylor has still got his grandpa. He, he is aunt. He's the only heir still alive. She lives in Idaho. And she actually holds a permit. Oh, she keeping the permit intact. As soon as she dies, they're done. So, um, so you could sell it to other people. No, you could not transfer it. Couldn't transfer it. So how how was the Wildlife Federation able to purchase? Well, it? the wildlife see they 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 did that just to keep park from because their elk was running there and they were just getting rid of the cows so they'd have more feed and there wouldn't be a contention with the cows and the elk. Yeah. 
-hmm. And then they also have a poisonous plant down there called a a peat tree, peat, 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 cactus, peat. That's an endangered species. And they think a cow steps on it will kill it, but I can prove it different, and so can the BLM. But and the so that's how the wildlife place could buy it, was because of that endangered. Mm-hmm. They were going to go in there and do a whole lot of work and huh. different things. Most of it is, see, when I was a kid, I was eight years old. They let me, We when we run in there, we run with, we led a mule. We had two mules with a tent and a can or pack. We packed two mules. We had a bedding, a tent, sack of grain, and our food, our eating utensils. And you couldn't go. I don't know why the rule was, but you couldn't. They wouldn't let wouldn't let anybody down. Go. Till you was eight. So when I was eight, I got to go <laughs> to the desert. You were ready to go. <laughs> and when I went to the desert, guess what they did? They tied those two mules to my horse. <laughs> I had to lead them. And the only reason they made me lead the mules is that kept me from running all over thinking I was Roy Rogers. <laughs> so I led the mules. I... The day I could done not have to lead them mules, that was just like being turned loose. From the... <laughs> when That's we funny. we had campsites all the way down through there, they'd taken one of these stoves, tent stoves, and stove pipes, and they stashed them. We had one right on the river, Fremont River, where it goes up South Desert, and we had one at Deep Creek, and we had one at Head of the Desert. So we camped the same place, I'd lead the mules and the, go up in the rock and get the stove out and put it up. And my Uncle Don was always the cook. He was an old sheep herder and he, he knew how to cook a lot better. And my grandpa had arthritis. We had to have a cot for him. He didn't sleep on, on the ground. Sometime, it depends, we'd sleep. I'd sleep outside, but Grandpa had a tent. He had a cot, so he'd set up. And we'd go up through there and gather the cows and put them on the Thousand Lake. And then we'd ride to Tory. How long would that take? All day. Torrey's up to Thousand Lake. And then oh, to going up? Yeah. I'd take, well, we had a stove at Polk Creek, and we had to mark and tag the cat. We have a there's a trail there. We'd mark and daub or tag the cows. They're no cute. And then turn them out right there on Polk Creek. And then we'd ride to Torrey. Take two days of Polk Creek. One day down the river. And then we gathered down to Allridge. Over to Nodum and around. Stored them up the South Desert. That was another day. Another day to Deep Creek. And then from Deep Creek, we went to Polk Creek. And you were eight the first time you got to go do that? Yeah. And then in, cool. when I was about 15 or 16, they put an oil well down there and they put a road up through there. So then we got a 
we had a bought our I bought my uncle's old sheep wagon. We'd pull it down there and leave it all winter, and then we'd camp with it. Nice. And then when we went the mountain with it, we always had a camp drive. He, a few kids, old Ed Eckersley, they'd, they'd drive up so far and then walk back. They'd drive and walk all day long. <laughs> Gosh. We were gathering cows up through there. Now, in, there's two deserts. There's the South Desert and the Hartnett in the park. The Hartnett, when I was a kid, was Blackburn's. Paces never, they didn't have to gather the Hartnett Blackburn's. They had a permit on the Thousand Lake and they'd gather. In 1957, it was the first year I was ever in Hartnett. Okay. That year old, how Blackburn and Rollins. Rollins had a Jeep and he took the camp from Thousand Lake Mountain down through there on an old wagon road in his Jeep. And then we <laughs> gathered all the way up through and to the mountain and he moved the camp that Jeep. Nice. Anyway, that's a story of then see my my dad Pace Ranches, we bought all the permits he could get out on the West End. That's Your dad did? Mm-hmm. He had, he bought, we bought Johnny Coleman and then old Arthur Turgeson. And then my uncle, Roe Pace, and that's my dad's oldest brother. He had 70, he had a permit out there. And when he died, my dad got that. And he had 60-some permit on Thousand Lake and my uncle Don bought that. And then my dad got that permit from George Coombs, who was her her dad, who was a sheep man. I can run about 350 head. Okay. Close. Who do you, who helps you with that now? I have had two Peruvians. Then I have my grandsons in the summer. I haven't rode a horse for a couple of years. The last two times I got on a horse, I didn't fare very well. Oh, really? I was thought I was 20. I was going to rope a calf, and my horse went one way, and I went the other. Oh, no. Broke my ribs. And then they brought me home that day. And then I got on again, went up here to cut them out in the fall. And I got off on a rock, rock with this size, I I just stepped off on a rock and I still had my stirrup, foot in the stirrup, and some horses come around and spooked him. He backed up and flipped me down between the rock and broke my collarbone. Oh. Are but you it, all healed up from those? Oh, I'm healed up. Yeah, I can still ride. I'm in trouble. I'm so old I can't get on very well. <laughs> uh, what was the biggest wreck you ever got in? Biggest wreck I ever had was when I loaded a cow. She took me, put her in the trailer, and before I got the gate cut, she come back out, and I got tried to get out of her way and stubbed my toe and went off the chute and blew that elbow clear out. I'd, oh, or just well, blew it out. I had to, they had to, see how? Oh, yeah. 
That was loading a wild. She wasn't so wild. I think she'd been derfyized, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I. <coughs> we farm right here. We farm, well, between the three of us. I got, brothers got a farm down here. I got, I bought my neighbor out, oh, seven, eight years ago. And down, I lived down the other side of town, and my neighbor next to me, he come up for sale, and I bought him. And I've, I've got about half of Bullberry's water. There's a spring comes down right, the creek comes down, and the water shares, I, I like a little bit of having half. And then out on Donkey, that's a different irrigation system. There's 600 shares, and I got about a hundred of them. Okay. But that hundred don't mean much when it's a drought. Last yeah. year, we didn't have enough water to kind of like Eskimind. Yeah. <laughs> you guys made it through okay, though? Well, it rained last summer. If it hadn't rained, we would have been in trouble. Yeah. It seems like it hit right when every... The rain finally hit right when everybody was trying to decide what they were going to have to do. Well, we were just... I don't know. If it hadn't rained, we'd have been bringing the cows in. They'd have been selling them. Yeah. But we filled every pond last summer on the desert. We run a, we run cattle down by Hanksville, what they call wild horse allotment. Okay. We bought that from uh, Oliphant, who was Sandy Ranch, owned Sandy Ranch. He'd bought it from Johnny Johnson. And he cut them back. He had it. He bought everything that was, when he was down there, everything that was available. And he was cutting back, so he wanted to sell it. So we we bought it. It's, it's, every, it's on the north side of the river, north of Hanksville. And there's about 90,000 acres. It's called Wild Horse Allotment. And there's me and two brothers. We got the, the only allotment there. There's lots of... Lots of land, lots of clay, and not very many trees. Mm -hmm. 